So today we're talking to Michal. Michal is the CTO at Very Big Things, uh, which is an agency, and he's also a lead developer of Kachma. So Michal, uh, nice to have you here, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you for inviting uh, me. Absolutely. Um, so if we talk about Kachma, where should we start? Well, I think that uh, so a brief history is I started working uh, as a front-end developer focusing solely on front-end sometime more than a decade ago. And that was before Backbone existed. So it was jQuery just came up uh, and I needed a framework uh, to develop my startup app in. And mm-hmm. I discovered something that was called at the time JavaScript MBC. Uh, in time, right. this framework became CanJS, which was developed. Uh, so it was similar to Backbone uh, in like a surface area that it covered, but it transformed into a key value uh, observable uh, framework sometime later. And then uh, I think that five or six years ago, I discovered ClojureScript and mm-hmm. reagent like i discovered ohm first but uh that was way over my head when i just started working with closure script and reagent had a very similar mental model to kenjs because they both worked very similar to uh knockout.js and since i had very deep uh understanding of that model because i was also a core contributor to kenjs reagent actually clicked very quickly for me so mm-hmm. and I started playing with it, but one thing that I noticed is that a lot of things that I had in KenJS were not present in uh, like a reframe setup. So okay. I started like building small libraries uh, one by one. The first one was the router, and the second was one was the normalization engine, uh, which was called EntityDB. And but in in time, as I was building my app, it started looking less and less like reframe, mm-hmm. and then. The final final layer was the controller layer, uh, which was added, and that was basically the the original Kichwa stack. And the okay. controller, like it was the idea to put some reactivity into the logic layer. Uh, you can controllers are basically small state machines that are controlled uh, based on the route in in the Kichwa classic uh, uh, architecture. So, given some route, some controllers will be started with some params. And that that reduced uh, the amount of of events that flow through the system drastically, and that's that's basically uh, what we were building apps with for the last five years, uh, Kichma Classic uh, <laughs> architecture. Right. So you developed actually this framework as part as part of the agency, right? Uh, yes. So uh, we developed, I think, around fifty apps in the last uh, five years with a very small team. So the velocity is pretty high, uh, but so there is, it's interesting because I think that working in agency gives you a different perspective than working on a product uh, mm-hmm. for a long time, but we do have some uh, projects that are now running for a few years. So there is another perspective from there uh, and some like not maybe problems, but uh, some issues that we started to have with longer running projects was that we had to return to uh, events as a like building block for new features. And that's mm-hmm. something that, in my opinion, can become very cumbersome to, to control uh, pretty soon because you have some timing issues and then you basically need to use events to uh, 
synchronized state if you have separate processes running, which is the reason why we started thinking about the next Kichma, which is uh, it's basically a reactivity on a on a uh, let's call it on a control level. So you, you have something that has, that behaves almost like a reagent reactive atom, but also enables you to run some code when when state changes. And this okay. is now the new Kichman Next architecture. Okay. Uh, so uh, maybe before we jump into like Kichman Next mm -hmm. and talk about all the stuff, what would be the other important things to understand about Kichma in general, just to get 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 this going? Okay. So. So the main idea is that in an, in like 99% of the apps that, that you're going to build, uh, you can represent the state with the route. Basically, you can always find some minimal representation of state that can be serialized into the route data. And uh, Kichma router works in a way that you give it a map and it will give you back a string. And even if it doesn't match uh, everything with patterns, it will serialize the those keys as a query params, and it can go go back. So we, we always look at, at the router as the source of the, of the biggest source of like minimal data representation. There is uh, also something that can be, can be used too, which is a user role that's also like mm -hmm. living on the same level. But when you have those two, these two informations, you can probably recreate whatever is needed to be recreated in memory to render the page. And mm -hmm. that's, that's where the, the flow starts. That's the, okay. yeah, that's the idea. So router is, as you said, the most important part. This is my sort of truth of where you are. And then based on this, you just create the application state. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Ketchma is a front-end framework, right? This is not a full stack and all. Yeah, uh, so Ketchma is, is a front-end framework. Uh, only front framework, and the reason for that is uh, we we are not we we use Elixir uh, as a backend technology in very big things. We do have some smaller closure projects, but we also sometimes connect with uh, our clients' APIs. We worked with uh, Contentful, with Firebase, with many different uh, API layers. So it's very very important for any. Uh, any solutions to be as agnostic as possible to the to the mm -hmm. server side technology, because we want to solve things on more uh, abstract level. So yeah. So even if you have a REST API or something that would like to be a REST API, you can still have the same behavior as with the GraphQL API, which we use on the on the most uh, applications that we build. Mm -hmm. So you just communicate via JSON, and then you just probably move from JSON to closure data structures when exactly, you get the yeah. data. Yeah. Uh, so I, I built a small library that's uh, that's that we use for GraphQL API consumption, which is uh, similar to Hux, SQL, and uh, similar application, uh, similar libraries where you write GraphQL queries uh, as GraphQL in GraphQL mm -hmm. language, but you can use them as data structures from your code, which allows some. Uh, Basically, that function that you call and you can have a nice API uh, mm -hmm. service. Okay. Um, okay. So this is sort of like a Ketchma ecosystem. Uh, but before we go to there, mm -hmm. um, so coming back to the application framework. So normally in every application you have some kind of router. Then you have some. Uh, let's compare it to Reframe because I think this is the most familiar to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you will have some kind of subscription, some events. 
Um, I don't know if there's much more to talk about this on the front end. I guess that, let's just talk about those three things. So you mentioned instead of events, you have controllers. Uh, so the idea is uh, you still have events in Kichma, definitely. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to reduce the amount of custom events as much as possible. And if possible, to only have domain events, which are custom. And then to use Kichma lifecycle for uh, life cycles for all the automatic events. That, that you might need. So you so, you don't have to design. Uh, it, the idea is to reduce the need to for custom work as much as possible, basically. Mm-hmm. When you say to, re- so how do you reduce the, the custom work? Can we just try to give an example? Of course. Uh, so controllers are uh, stateful processes that that can that you can uh, think about as them running. Uh, mm-hmm. And the way the the way they work is you have a function which will return params that will be used to start the controller. And this is something like you, you might take uh, some data from the router, for example, and you say, okay, I want to run when I'm on the user route and ID is present in the route. And I will load the user user details from the from the server and I will take care of that piece of data in the in the Kichma, in the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what Kichma will do is uh, every time something changes, it will uh, call the, the params fun- functions of all controllers and compare them to previous previously returned values. And then if, if the value went from nil, nil to truthy value, it will start the controller. If it mm-hmm. went from a truthy to a different truthy value, it will restart the controller. And if it went from a truthy to a nil or falsy value, it will stop the controller. So just by creating that one small function, which is uh, like the, the smallest amount of data you need to start that controller, you get a lot of automatic behavior uh, in your application. Mm-hmm. So for instance, uh, you come to the, to the user slash one uh, route and you, you load data for the, for the user with the ID one, but then if you change uh, the ID to some other value like two, then the old old uh, instance of controller will be shut down. You can do the cleanup, and the new uh, instance will be started. So you you don't have to do any kind of like manual uh, manual uh, actions like that in your code. Kichma takes care mm-hmm. of all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if I would have any kind of uh, I don't know, click on a button or like login as we're talking about the user. Yeah, that's how would I... that's that's the event that you dispatch to a certain controller. So each controller is registered uh, on a key and that, that's where you send uh, that event. So if you, if you have a controller that takes care of a login form, then you would send a submit event to that controller, basically. Uh, you can broadcast to all started controllers, but uh, from user perspective, you will always communicate with a controller that's running on some key. Mm-hmm. So you would have, I believe, some kind of on-click event there and it will be probably like a function and then this function will just trigger this kind of event and then this will go to controller? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Cool. That's, that's very uh, like straightforward implementation like in any other framework. Right. Mm-hmm. So how about uh, the, the data loading part? Uh, okay, so usually uh, what we do is like we have a small controller that's, that's doing data loading and... Now uh, I'm talking about the Kichma Next architecture, of course. So, okay. uh, so that controller will be a difference between Kichma Classic and Kichma Next is that in Kichma Classic you could only uh, subscribe to changes on the router, 
But in Kichma Next, you can subscribe to the state of any controller. So you get a derived graph of uh, controllers, which are then managed in the same, in the same uh, way. So uh, you would probably have a controller that's getting started when like you're on some page and then on start event will be sent by Kichma when the controller is started. And then you will do some kind of data loading there, basically. Mm -hmm. We do have a, another library that's complementary to uh, Kichma, which is pipelines library. Uh, it can be used from, from any framework. It's not, it's not Kichma specific, which is basically taking care of asynchronous uh, processes. It allows you to, to compose uh, promises, pure functions, and side effectful functions in a pipeline, which is then executed sequentially. So you get a lot of, and there is a lot of uh, like behavior that you can add, which is related to concurrency. So this is how you would model, you would say, for instance, uh, this pipeline can run only once at a, only one pipeline can run at a time. If another one is started, then uh, dispose of the old one, start a new one. Uh, and then you would load the data in some of those pipelines. And mm -hmm. that data is then, uh, you, you would store it in a, either in a shared uh, state where you would have a controller that acts as a shared state uh, holder, or you would just store it in that controller's uh, atom. Every controller owns its own state, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's not like Reframe where you have like a global state and you just interact with it. You would have uh, each controller have its own state? Yes. So we, we in the Kichma Classic, we had also a single application state atom, but there were some problems with it. And the biggest one was if everybody can uh, read and write to the same place, you don't know when that data is invalid automatically, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, yes. in Kichma next, you will write to your uh, private state and when the controller shuts down, that atom uh, goes away with you. And if you, new controller is started, it gets a new atom. So there is no chance for accidental uh, state accretion. Uh, but Kichma will take care of informing all the controllers that are uh, subscribed to you when your state changes. Because mm -hmm. the, the single atom uh, architecture allows you to, to not worry about synchronization of data because every data is in the same place. Everybody can read from there. Everybody can write there. And when you have the separate state atoms, then synchronization is something that uh, becomes a problem. But since the synchronization uh, is automatic, that problem is not, not uh, present anymore. And you, you are not limited at how big the, the state is. We have this entity DB uh, library that's used for normalization, where we store all entities that come from server. And that's just managed by one controller, and all controllers can write to it and read from there. But it's, <laughs> it's very like, uh, it's not implicit, it's an explicit uh, dependency, which is something that, that uh, we noticed when using a, a single atom is that a lot of implicit dependencies uh, start to grow through the, through the code, which is not like, it's not as visible as when you model it as explicit uh, dependencies in the code base. <laughs> Okay, so you mentioned there is this library for normalization. Uh, yes. Is there any? Yeah. Is there anything else we should talk about when it comes to Kichma? Uh, uh, is it Kichma or Kichma? It's Kichma. Kichma. All right. Uh, so uh, Kichma is very um, 
agnostic, you don't have to use any of the libraries, the, the core libraries, I don't know, something around 700 lines. And it just mm -hmm. takes care of uh, reconciliation and like controller starting, stopping and stuff like that. Uh, I think that integrating something like DataScript would be pretty easy or any other library. So uh, we just use EntityDB because it's very, uh, it's very simple and it's very, uh, it's made for us in a way that we, that we reason about building apps, which is mm -hmm. you never, like you always load the uh, minimal amount of data basically based on the route and the, and the state. So the server is the one that is holding the real state. We, we always assume that the state we are working on is uh, incomplete. Where mm -hmm. with the data script and similar libraries, I have a feeling that uh, you need to load more, more data uh, into memory for them to shine. So that's, that's a bit of a trade-off. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, so you, yeah, exactly. You mentioned this NTDB, you mentioned Kichma next, and are you, is it out or what's the status here? Uh, yeah, it's out. We are building production apps on it. There are some uh, small features that are missing, but it's, it's production ready. Uh, we <laughs> are going to work on documentation and examples more in the coming months. Yeah. And there is the Kichmanex toolbox, uh, which is not documented at the moment, but that's basically a set of smaller libraries in, in one package that we use in our apps, which is like uh, controllers for routing, for routers, uh, controllers for NTDB, some form helpers and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, we try to keep our like uh, code minimal in that, in that uh, layer. Mm -hmm. Um, so should we talk about a bit about this whole Kichma ecosystem and what can you leverage or what would be the libraries that you maybe use for your production apps? And sure. Uh, so in a Kichma next step, you would take probably the router controller. Now this is using the Kichma router. You could uh, integrate any other router. It's, I think that like integrating something like rated or anything else would be around hundred lines of code. Uh, then you would take something that uh, we have a form library that's uh, battle tested for like we like built hundreds of forms with it. Uh, it has mm -hmm. some nice so, user experience yeah. around uh, validations, uh, and then we have that EntityDB, and that's basically what we're using in in every app. Uh, then we have GraphQL library, which is uh, separate from Kichma, and it can be used both from Closure and Closure Script uh, that we use. And I think that that's it. We just compose those things together into, into big apps. Um, so if I use the router, um, so let's say with BD, it will be like a data structure vector, and then I'll have my routes there with the strings. And mm -hmm. how does the router look like in Kechma? Okay, so the idea of the router is that uh, you give it a pattern uh, of structuring and destructuring. So you would say, which are the placeholders, and then when it when it sees the the string, it will know how to destructure into into a map. And the way it works is that the router uh, will try to find the best matching pattern to the data structure uh, it sees, and whatever it cannot match with uh, with the patterns with the pattern uh, placeholders, it will serialize as uh, uh, query params which means that you will always be able to represent any kind of data with the router. 
and it's never so you don't have like a route uh, to function mapping you just have uh, on the edge of the system route is transformed into a map and then you work with that route as route data as any other map in the in the system just a piece of data so uh, like Kitchman next like the the decisions that we made for the for the architecture are driven partly in, a, in a, by a need for us to better communicate with the PMs and uh, other stakeholders. So what I tried to do uh, is, it's very inspired by Integrant. And what I liked about Integrant is that you can have an overview of the app uh, just by opening an Eden file. And Next is very similar to that. It's just one data structure where you define controllers and relationships between them. And it also allows you to define uh, sub-applications, which are groups of controllers that work together. And what we are trying to do is uh, to map those controllers and those apps better to concepts that we are using in, in a conversation with uh, project managers or account managers or clients, so that it's immediately visible, like which features are implemented, how are they mapped out together, and it's very easy to change how things work just by changing that one data structure. Because uh, in, for us in an agency, we have limited uh, resources, like we don't have a big team, and there will be many applications uh, where someone will just jump in to, to help out for a sprint or two. And it's very important for us to be able to, to jump into the code base uh, easily and quickly figure out where things are, how are they mapped out, and. So on. So Kichma is trying to optimize not only the like the the how you write code, but also the cognitive load on a developer, how to organize code in smaller parts, which can be then composed together uh, as a smaller systems. So is this Eden file that you described, is this something how you would actually start the conversation of the customer? You just go there and then you say, okay, based uh, on the requirements? Yeah. Well it's uh, no not really. I mean we 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 always uh, like in front end, we are very, very much limited by, by what the back end and the design teams mm -hmm. uh, produce before us. So we are like a glue between back end and design uh, work. So we are more uh, concerned with user flows and, and user experience in this flow in these flows. Uh, so when we come to the to start working, the most of the conversations already happened. It's not that we are not part of those conversations. It's just that. After those conversations, some work needs to be done before we can start working because uh, the UX team will do the user flows, the, the research, uh, the backend team will build the API, and then at the end we come and, and connect it to, to one working app. So if I if I start a Ketchma project, okay. what would be probably the way to start it? Is there any template or how would I go about yeah. this thing? Uh, we, have a, we have a GitHub template, uh, the Very Big Things uh, organization which you can just fork and start working uh, immediately. We, uh, for Kichma Classic, we had a line template, but that was a bit harder to, to use because then we had to do releases and keep, uh, keep track of that too. The template is much easier. And yeah, for the, for the UI layer, we are using the Helix library, but just because it's very minimal, uh, so you could use RAM, you could even use Reagent if you wanted. Uh, without too much issue, so yeah, you will you will use uh, in that template. We have a Helix setup. Uh, there is a 
function that is uh, gluing together the React layer and the Kitchman X layer, which is basically a subscription system. So that part is now using uh, React hooks, uh, which is working pretty nicely. And uh, when we when we started considering abandoning a reagent for uh, Helix, I was really happy that um, we were able to replicate the experience pretty closely, just uh, just with uh, like some React hooks glued together, which is really nice because. Kichma Classic was dependent on Reagent, but now we are independent both of React and theoretically we could integrate with any, any uh, front-end framework too. So that's that's very exciting. I see. Yeah. And uh, because of how things uh, work in React right now, Kichma is uh, doing very, uh, it's doing eager, strict evaluation. So there is no laziness in the reconciliation. You will always, uh, every controller which needs to be informed of changes in, in the tree will be informed, which is something you probably want because you probably want some uh, controllers to run before uh, the UI even renders because that's the only way to actually load data fast, faster. So you would always uh, want those controllers to, to, to kick off, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have my template. Uh, I use, as you mentioned, Helix. Um, where, where's the starting point of my app? So what's the normally the first thing you, you do when you write on Kichma app? Uh, so you, what you would do is, uh, like you would write uh, a controller. So a controller is implemented through uh, a few multi-methods, which are dispatched on a key. Uh, you would derive a key from a Kichma slash controller key. Uh, and then you would just implement like uh, there is a init function which is called if you want before the controller is started. Then the start function is called which returns the initial uh, state of the controller if there is any. Uh, then the event uh, on start is sent which can be uh, handled by the handle function. And finally, when the controller is stopped, you get uh, a stop and the teardown controller is called. So we have the, the like the, those uh, lifecycle functions called in order for you, and most of your code will be uh, implemented in a handle function, handle multi method. Sorry, and how are you going to, to do it is up to you. You can just use a case and dispatch on on a on a event name, or you can use some more elaborate way. In some of our apps, we are using uh, channels a lot because we need some internal state that is very uh, that we can handle very nicely with channels. You can use uh, pipelines if you want. You can use case, whatever is uh, like appropriate for that controller. <laughs> All right, and I guess you also have a repo for the real world example app, and this is also implemented in Catchmanx. Uh, yes, so uh, there is a there is the uh, old old version, which is in a Kichma Classic branch, a new version is implemented in the um, main branch and it's uh, pretty complete. It's, I think, very, uh, very nice app now. Uh, so one thing that's, that's uh, I think that might be a bit confusing at first, so I just want to cover it is, so in, in Kichma next controllers are uh, basically controlling a key in a, in a map. And that you can reason about map as if it was a global state. Uh, 
So what you can do in some cases is, and this is something that you can see in the real world app, if you have sub-applications, for instance, one for the anonymous user and the other one for the uh, logged in user, you can uh, have controllers registered on the same key. So we have a user actions controller in both uh, sub apps. And when they are, when the app is started, all the controllers in that app are merged into the main uh, map. Mm -hmm. So it's always a flat map. And the behavior that is present in the real world app is when you are logged out and you press a favorite button, it should just redirect you uh, into to like a login or register page. But when you are uh, logged in, you it should actually do uh, right. the login. So the way it's implemented is that we have two different controllers uh, registered at the same key, uh, and because the the like the way the applications are set up, it's never possible for them to run at the same time. Uh, when you this allows you to to keep the UI very very dumb because the UI can always just dispatch the upload event without any mm -hmm. without caring who is uh, clicking it is it a logged in user or a logged out user, and then in your uh, logic layer which is basically Kichma app you can uh, compose controllers in a way where either one controller or the other controller uh, answers the handles the event which is, I think, very nice because uh, in my experience, keeping the, the view as dumb as possible and as like the tree as shallow as possible is uh, the most important thing in building like a scalable app. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this information for anyone, this real world example app is just a repo on GitHub where there are different implementations uh, or the same, same app implemented in different technologies and there is... Uh, Catchman, there's Reframe and a bunch of other JavaScript frameworks and some backends and stuff like this. So yeah. we will link in the show notes. Um, and um, if I need any help with Catchman, if I have any questions, where would be a good place uh, uh, to ask? So we are very, uh, like I'm checking the Clojurian's Catchman Slack uh, every day at least, but you can always mention me or uh, my colleague Tibor by name. That's actually in the topic of the channel, just mention me so I can answer. I try to answer things uh, as soon as possible. Uh, and yeah, we are working on documentation. Uh, there is some documentation which is uh, like covering the, the architecture and and uh, mm -hmm. how things work. But uh, I think that more examples are needed just for people to be able to, to find an example that is similar to their problem and then uh, be able to just copy paste code and get uh, get started with, with fixing it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, is there anything else we should talk about? Kichma or uh, anything else you think it's worth to mention? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so Kichma is a, it's a, it's a, Kichma Connect is a very young framework, but uh, it's built on top of uh, like 10, 15 years of experience. So it's, uh, the ideas are, I think, pretty solid, and we do use it in production. It's uh, used every day by a team of uh, 15 people, so we are building multiple apps with it. Um, and I think that it's a sweet spot between uh, Reframe and Fulcro. Uh, like if you if you put uh, Reframe on the left side of the of the like uh, 
and the fulcrum on the right side, which is very declarative and reframe is more manual work. I think that Kishpa fits like a bit closer to fulcrum, but somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. So it can it can uh, remove a lot of need for busy code uh, because you can just rely on uh, Kichpa lifecycle functions uh, to model a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, while still giving you a way to do some things manually. Uh, because mm -hmm. for us, it's very important to be able to, to like sometimes write a piece of dirty code that's uh, integrating with a client's API or something. It's very hard to, to optimize things uh, in agency setting because we never know what is the next project going to be uh, communicating with. So uh, that, that, that's something that forces us to be very, very like uh, generic in our solutions so they can, mm -hmm. they can uh, take a lot of abuse, basically. Yeah, that sounds great. I actually look forward to trying it out a bit and just play and just see where do I get. Yeah, uh, and I think that... Uh, like, I was doing a lot of research when I was uh, building Kichma, and I did stumble upon one uh, reframe wiki page that was, like, outdated, and the, there was a title that it's deprecated, where they tried to do a similar thing where they, uh, where they were implementing, like, uh, HTTP calls inside of reagent reactions. And I see that they abandoned that idea, which I would really like to know why, because okay. uh, in it, like in my experience, uh, moving everything to the same level, so there is no like a separate uh, API layer from the from the actions layer. It's controllers are handling both the state and the, and the change of, to that state. It's making things more straightforward. So I don't know like uh, what are your opinions of that or. I know that you you have a lot of experience with the reframe, so. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I think the best person to answer this will be Mike. So Mike, if you're listening, just chime in. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, because uh, reframe is a really solid framework and uh, a lot of like uh, interesting decisions. It's just for me, I prefer a bit more like uh, automatic approach. Let's put it like that because we, we mm -hmm. when you implement a login screen, like for 15th time in a year. You don't want to, you don't want to like to manually trigger all those events. You just take a few controllers, you wire them up, and you're ready to go. So, yeah, it's been great to have you here and just talk about Ketchma. And I think people, as you mentioned, can reach out on Slack. Yeah, uh, and see um, and ask any questions and uh, look up the documentation, the real world example app. And yeah, it's been great to talk about this. I think maybe it will open some doors for people adopting and using Ketchma. So. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you have any questions, just uh, mention me on Slack, uh, and it helps me actually when I when I get questions to write better documentation because I've been thinking a lot about this and everything is clear to me. So I'm very thankful yes. to my junior colleagues that have a lot of questions. So uh, any questions are very helpful. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, Mihal. Uh, thank you very much for having me. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshare.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E dot com. Thank you for your support of this show.